Nothing is so common as the wish to be remarkable. William Shakespeare. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this fun-filled episode of Violin Vice. I am John John. Fun-filled indeed, and I am Audie Griffith. Hello. And today we are going to be going through one of my more favorite subjects where we will talk about certain criminal stories that do not disturb me on an internal level. Unlike per usual, but instead we'll hopefully get a couple of chuckles here and there. Now I've got a few set up already and I was hoping to read them to you. Now Adi, I am under the understanding that you have some as well. I do, but since this is your favorite topic, why don't you go first? Excellent. All right, let's just jump right into it then. <laughs> Starting off real good. The title of this one is called Colorado Cops Search for Poop and Run Jogger. Police Sergeant Jonathan Sharketti calls the case Uncharted Territory. In an expose by the Associated Press, Colorado Springs, Colorado, police in Colorado are looking for a jogger they say is repeatedly interrupting her runs to defecate in public in one neighborhood. Kathy Bood says she was first alerted to the woman she's dubbed the Mad Pooper by her children who caught the jogger in the act weeks ago. Bood tells KKTV TV the woman apologized after she questioned her, but she says the jogger has left something behind on her runs at least once a week for the past seven weeks. Police have asked Bood to take pictures of the woman so they can try to identify her. Boot has put up a sign asking the woman to stop. She says there are public restrooms in the area. Police Sergeant Jonathan Sharketti calls the case uncharted territory. So there is a regular runner who essentially does a hit and run without hitting the rest stop. <laughs> I do I do enjoy that the kids have dubbed them the Mad Pooper which is straight up from Bob's Burgers, and I love that show so much. <laughs> okay, so this next one is pretty typical if you noticed how many memes are starting with the phrase Florida man or Florida woman does stuff, because this is straight up from Florida. So Florida man attempt to steal a power pole. So, from the Florida Times Union in Jacksonville, Florida, call it a pipe dream gone bad. There is a tweeted image which shows a long pipe precariously roped to the top of a Kia Sorento, pulled over Wednesday morning on Wonderwood Drive, and two shirtless men handcuffed and seated on a nearby curb. We will have most of these photos 
in our blog if you'd like a full visual, but my gosh, it's by the Jackson Sheriff's Office uh, Twitter account. Sheriff's Office simply tweeted that it states that the pair were caught stealing at JEA poll just this morning, indicating that someone saw the Kia's balancing act and called it in Wednesday. Citizens watching out and officers cleaning up equals partnership, the tweet added. Now, the power pole, complete with reflective numbers at one end, was equipped with a white rag at the rear to warn drivers following it. It was apparently removed from the bridge over the intracoastal waterway. A 911 caller saw two white males, no shirts, and several tattoos putting a JEA light pole on top of their Kia, according to the the arrest report. The responding officer drove over the Wonderwood Drive bridge and saw the spot where the pole was missing. Then he pulled over the Kia with the pole roped on top at about 9.30 a.m. The officer asked the man inside where the, pole, where the pole came from, and the driver said he was moving the pole because it was lying on the ground near the road. When asked why he did not just roll it further onto the shoulder, he did not have an answer. Under arrest for grand theft are Blakely Waller, who is 42, of Sapilo Road, and Victor Walter Apler, Apler, uh, 46 of Illusion Street, according to the reports. A sheriff's office pawn shop database search showed Apler had completed 73 pawn transactions this year, 72 of them scrap metal related. The poll was retrieved by JEA officials who valued it at $2,500. Now, the state attorney's office announced Wednesday that law enforcement in Duval, Clay, and Nassau counties are working with it to enhance efforts to arrest and prosecute anyone who uses the recent hurricane and its effect to commit crimes of opportunity. Anyone in Duval, Clay, or Nassau county who thinks they were victimized by a storm-related crime can call the state attorney's office and all that fun stuff. But these guys straight up just took a pole, and strapped it to the top of their car with lots of identifications and thinking that it was okay because it was knocked over. I'm pretty sure they didn't pull it out themselves since there's probably not going to be any power tools in that area, let alone it'd be a weird heist, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, it would. Exactly. So, yeah, not exactly the most subtle of, I guess, scrap theft in that case. Weird. Anyway, another fun, I I guess I wouldn't say fun, but interesting case of finding things where an accused burglar doesn't flush toilet and leaves DNA for the police. In Ventura, California, a man accused of burglarizing a Southern California home took a bathroom break and left DNA evidence in the toilet that led to his arrest, which was said by an investigator on Tuesday as of August 8th, 2017. The suspect did his business and didn't flush it during the October break-in in the city of Thousand Oaks. 
That allowed investigators to collect evidence to conduct a DNA profile. It matched another profile in a national database, and detectives tracked down the suspect at his home in the nearby city of Ventura. Andrew David Jensen was arrested July 28th on suspicion of first-degree residential burglary, a felony, and his bail was set at $180,000. Lohman did not know if Jensen has an attorney. Efforts to reach Jensen for comment were unsuccessful, and Lohman said it's the first DNA burglary match case he knows with fecal evidence collected from a toilet. When people think DNA, they usually think of hair samples or saliva. But yeah, I'm not saying you should go robbing places or trying to find any sort of reason to do a crime. But should you need to be somewhere without leaving a trace, please, please flush. One, that's gross. Two, that's dumb. Actually, reverse that. One, that's dumb. Two, that's gross. I completely agree. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you guys like good quality clothing? And do you prefer the color black? Well, you guys should check out Raveniax.com. That's R-A-V-E-N-Y-X.com. You'd be helping a small business, and they have a wide variety of clothing. Everything from sandals, boots, bags, to dresses and skirts and tops. I personally got their flowy top, and I absolutely love it. I'd recommend them highly. You can use the code VILEVICE to get 40% off. That's capital V-I-L-E, capital V-I-C-E, for 40% off. Now, back to the show. Now, here's one who is just straight stupid. So a man tries to steal a patrol car with police officer in it. In Fort Pierce, Florida, again, Florida, a 20-year-old man was arrested after police say he tried to steal a car, but not just any old car, a Fort Pierce Police Patrol vehicle at the Fort Pierce Police Department with a Fort Pierce Police officer in it. That is a lot harder to say. Lots of P's. Because who would ever notice? It happened about 5 a.m. on July 17th of 2017 as Officer Robbie Troutman was in his patrol vehicle at the main police station on South US 1, writing a report according to his report. While in my vehicle, he said, I heard the rear passenger side door handle make noise and then the front passenger side door handle would make a noise where I was positioned seated in the driver's seat of my clearly marked Fort Pierce Police Department patrol vehicle. Troutman opened his door and reported seeing a man later identified as Aaron Orlando Rodriguez, the third, run away and hide behind another vehicle. Troutman and another officer detained Rodriguez and found two cell phones, a portable speaker, a $20 bill, and a pipe with marijuana residue. Rodriguez said... He saw my vehicle is running, so he attempted to steal the vehicle so he had a ride home. Rodriguez of Okeechobee was arrested on charges, including attempted grand theft of a motor vehicle, loitering and prowling in possession of drug equipment. So he's probably a bit too high to realize that it was a cop car and it was running. But it was also 
right outside the police station. This guy wasn't smart. He, he really wasn't. Though I am kind of impressed that Aaron Orlando Rodriguez III is the third. I hope there's not a fourth in that case, but, you know, whatever. He's going to do him. So kind of quick side tangent here. One of my favorite podcasts, or I guess two of my favorite podcasts, Small Town Murder and Crumb and Sports, have this general rule where you never want to have a junior or name them after yourselves because they always end up in jail or in trouble or in the middle of some scandal. And I just find that hilarious. Now this one's straight up crazy. Straight up crazy. There's a arrested drunk man, claims he time-traveled, to warn of aliens. It's a very short one, but in Casper, Wyoming, police say a central Wyoming man they arrested for public intoxication claimed he had traveled back in time to warn of an alien invasion. Casper police say the man they encountered at 10.30 p.m. Monday claimed he was from the year 2048. KTWOAM in Casper reports that the man told police that he wanted to warn the people of Casper that aliens will arrive next year and that they should leave as soon as possible. He has to speak to the president of the town, about 170 miles northwest of Cheyenne. The man told police he was only able to time travel because aliens filled his body with alcohol. He noted that he was supposed to be transported to the year 2018 and not 2017 when this happened. You know, I really wouldn't put it past 2020 or 2021 so far since the attempted coup and basically failed start to the boogaloo. So that it was in 2017, that was kind of interesting. Well, obviously he's lying. It's 2020. 2021. 2021. Oh, God. Oh, no. We're already in the next one. Okay. But, uh, no aliens invaded Casper, Wyoming in 2019. So, is a straight up wrong, super drunk, but I will give points for creativity. I'm pretty sure no one has heard that before. Now, this one's a bit more it's not exactly straight up a crime but sort of how hyping something up could backfire because a person is smart and people are dumb that's that's a phrase i've come to know very very well especially in these times but again in florida florida sheriff's office warns public not to shoot at hurricane or irma in 2017. In Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, a Florida man says his Facebook event inviting people to shoot at Hurricane Irma was a joke that got out of hand, saying Sunday that he never expected anyone to take his suggestion seriously. More than 50,000 people had signed up by Sunday after 22-year-old Ryan Edwards of Daytona Beach posted the invitation with a note Yo, so this goofy-looking, windy, head-ass named Irma said they pulling up on us. Let us show Irma that we shoot first. In all caps. Edwards told the Associated Press on Sunday in a Facebook message, it seems the joke may have gone over many people's heads. 
I've got people in my inbox mad as hell because they think this is actually happening. I don't know whether to laugh or sigh. Most but not all, Facebook responders seem to understand that Edwards was not serious, posting photos and comments making fun of Florida stereotypes, including pot-bellied men dressed only in their underwear holding handguns and rifles. Just in case some people didn't understand the joke, the Pasco County Sheriff's Office tweeted late Saturday, Do not shoot weapons at Irma. You won't make it turn around, and it will have very dangerous side effects. People have been killed by falling bullets. Edwards said in a Facebook post Sunday, There is a lesson to be taken from his viral experience. I've learned that about 50% of the world could not understand sarcasm to save their lives. Carry on. <laughs> I feel like that sentiment should probably... I think I've said enough on it already. It... Ugh. Uh, uh, uh. For that to be considered serious. My gosh. I mean, it is Florida. Yay, Florida. So those are all the ones that are police reports. Now I have a couple that are just police stories in general. Not official ones. At least not in the way they're being described. This next one is called Freeballin', Kansas's Boys in Blue. And this is about a police officer. So I'm sitting at a high-traffic intersection, monitoring the four-way stop, looking for a good vehicle to stop. This is one of the only side streets which actually run from all the way east to west in our city. Out of nowhere, a car runs the stop sign at 50 miles per hour. I hit my overhead lights and the chase is on. The chase changes to on foot and requires several fences to jump. Due to the summer heat and myself being a warm bodied person, I chose to wear a jock support opposed to boxer shorts. As I was jumping the third fence, I felt a scratch on my inner upper thigh. Sure enough, I caught my pants on the wire fence. I knew I had ripped my pants but didn't give up on the pursuit. As I tackled the suspect, I maneuvered my body on top of his and stood up bending over him as I slapped the handcuffs on. One of the officers coming to my aid had said, Holy shit, man, you're not wearing any underwear. It wasn't even worth explaining. <laughs> I wouldn't say that counts as going full commando, but oh, he's never going to live that down. He is never going to live that down. And that one's about police, not not the criminals, but the police. But I'm sure that the guy that he tackled won't ever live that down either. Oh. <laughs> oh, wonderful. So our next one might bring people back to when clowns roamed the streets and was just doing weird stuff. But this happens to be in Ohio. So one officer reports, 
On a Sunday afternoon, I was dispatched to a residential area for a report of a disturbance in which someone was breaking the windows out of a vehicle. As I arrived, I saw what looked like Ronald McDonald slinging a Louisville slugger on a vehicle in this driveway. I mean, red hair, blue nose, makeup, and size 42 shoes. When, quote-unquote, Ronald saw my unit, he dropped the bat and began to run. I got out of my unit and looked around like it was a joke, thinking I was being punked. I soon realized by the looks from the neighbors that it wasn't a joke and advised dispatch that the suspect was running south as I reluctantly started jogging after him. I repeatedly ignored the dispatcher who wanted a description of the suspect. As I turned the corner, I observed a Ford Fiesta parked in a driveway with red and yellow size 42 shoes hanging out of the side. After several requests for him to come out, I finally had to drag him out by his shoes and cuff him. As I walked back to my unit with quote-unquote Ronald in cuffs, I saw several children on bicycles on the sidewalk. While passing the children, all of them gave me a thumbs down and began to boo. That's a little sad that He's just doing his job and he gets booed, but still, also, that's why, lots of whys here. Very much a lot of whys here. I'm not sure what's going on. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, he was breaking windows out of vehicles, but honestly, I really don't like clowns. They just creep me out. Interesting. Now, this one is a bit strange and possibly a weird form of bribery. I'm not going to say anything else about it with that, but this comes from an Alabama cop where once I got a traffic stop on an individual, when I got up to the car, I realized it was a priest from one of the parishes that was on my beat. After the DUI van showed up, we were talking, and he asked if he could pray with me. I thought it was really sweet and that he said he wanted to pray with me and over me, and so we began to pray. Halfway through the prayer, he looked up towards the sky and said, Dear Father, please fill this officer with the grace to not give me a DUI on this night. Bless him and keep him safe. Amen. I felt really guilty about giving him a DUI, but I had no choice. So needless to say, father went to jail that night. The end. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. About that one. Is, do you... Would I say that that's like a bribe, guilt trip type thing? It's kind of manipulative, isn't it? I don't know. But he was also drunk. Well, intoxicated at the time. So... I mean, he could have done it sarcastically, though, too, to try to guilt trip him, like you said. I don't know. That that seems to, to line up pretty well to somebody who is intoxicated, but also is someone who is doing something... They're not supposed to, as well as, you know, being 
a congregation leader and whatnot. I don't know. It's this weird situation. I I feel the awkwardness for that officer. So I have one that probably will be very different. This one actually is from a police officer in the UK. And it starts as such that I am a police officer in the UK. And one night a few years back, I got called about a male trying to kick in the front door of a house. Essentially, this house did not belong to this man. Upon my arrival, he is sitting in the porch, drunk as a skunk and having lost control of his bladder. Apart from that, he's no problem. And there is no damage to the front door. Naturally, on go my gloves and I ask him for proof of identification. He struggles to his feet and puts his hand in his jeans pocket. He pulls out something and says, Can you hold this whilst I get my wallet from under it? Mindlessly, he places a large bag of cocaine in my hand. The drunken realization of what he had just given to me was priceless, and you should have seen his face. The end. I mean, he was drunk, but still, oh, I would have loved to have seen that whole encounter. That, I feel like that would be great. Like a full-on blooper reel for criminals. That would be fantastic. I would love it so much. Yeah, I mean, just to see the guy's face, like you said, that would be priceless. (laughs) Now, this is my last story. And this one comes from California Highway Patrol. I have been on the California Highway Patrol for 15 years. It's pretty typical that during a traffic stop, other drivers will pull over and park behind my cruiser and ask for directions or need assistance with something else. So one of these times, later at night, I have a car stopped for speeding. As I am riding the driver a ticket, a blue SUV pulls over and parks right behind me. Naturally, I headed over to the SUV after after finishing riding the ticket for the first car, and the conversation goes like this. Is there something that I can help you with tonight, sir? No thanks, officer. Just waiting for the light to change. It becomes apparent quickly that this guy is drunk off his rocker. He actually thought that the multicolored lights on my police cruiser were some sort of stoplight. Needless to say, I booked him for a DUI. The end. I, okay. I mean, the red in the lights, I can see why that might associate with stopping. The blue is where it confuses me. And since they're constant, I don't know. There's a lot here that just it doesn't quite add up. But he was also very drunk. And he pulled off to this. I, I'm getting, uh, no, not going to worry about that at all. But that is all I have, Adi. Well, that last one was really funny, especially probably the cop's reaction to what the man said. But yeah, good job. And now, another word from our sponsors. 
Hey guys, so I have a really fun game to tell you guys about. It's called SherlockInYourHomes.com. That's S-H-E-R-L-O-C-K-I-N-Y-O-U-R-H-O-M-E-S.com. Now you guys are given a list of suspects, and you can eliminate suspects and find the murder weapon by going through the rooms and solving puzzles and playing games, and it's so much fun. You guys can play as you go, and you have 30 days to solve the murder, or you guys could accept the challenge and see if you guys can beat John John and I's time on solving this murder mystery and do it correctly. So I've only had one sitting so far, but as soon as we do solve it, we'll post both John John and I's time on the website, and we want to see how many of you guys can beat us. So go to SherlockInYourHomes.com now to play the game and start today. Now back to the show. All right. So I got a couple funny headlines to start off with and then we'll go from there. So first off, uh, duct tape man has a brother. Man accused of shoplifting booze while wearing hollowed out watermelon as a face mask. Justin Rogers posted a TikTok video of himself at a grocery shopping store wearing a watermelon as a corona mask. A Virginia man was arrested Friday after he and a friend were allegedly caught shoplifting alcohol while wearing a hollowed-out watermelons as homemade face masks. Justin Rogers, 20, posted a TikTok video on May 5th that appeared to show him and another man buying two watermelons, scooping them out, and wearing them on their heads as they go grocery shopping. These melons entirely cover the men's faces except for two eye holes. Cool face mask reads the caption to a version of the post on another TikTok account. The video also contains footage of the men sitting in a large black truck. Another TikTok clip posted the same day shows the melon mask men talking with a store employee while wearing the mask. Him. What's the melons? The caption reads, uh, it's a corona mask, they say. That night, surveillance footage at Sheets Convenience Store in Louisa, Virginia, showed the two men shoplifting alcohol while wearing watermelons on their heads. Police Chief Tom Leary said in an interview with Oxygen.com, The footage showed the thieves driving off in a large black truck similar to the vehicle Rogers was seen sitting in. The police department put out a Facebook post asking for the community's help in identifying the culprit, and on May 15th, Rogers was arrested. Rogers has been charged with petty theft, possession of alcohol by a minor, and wearing a mask in public. The second individual has not yet been identified, but Leary said the police have pretty good information on who they are. Leary said that as far as he knows, no similar crimes have ever happened in his community. Louisa has about 1,500 residents and is an hour's drive from Richmond, according to the police department's website. It was not immediately clear if Rogers was available for comment. So this one gave me definitely a chuckle. What about you, John John? Well, my opinion. It, okay, so the watermelon was both stupid but slightly ingenious is that they didn't bring it in with them so they wouldn't get caught on camera there. But leaving to the same car was kind of stupid. Well, more than kind of stupid. But also, probably the best smelling face mask one could wear in these times. 
aside from that, these guys are really dumb. And <laughs> I I don't know. I I would not follow these people on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So my next headline is, man who tried to fake death to avoid sentencing was caught by typo, prosecutor says. Robert Berger allegedly created a death certificate that claimed he died of suicide after pleading guilty of multiple offenses. A New York man tried to fake his own death to avoid sentencing for two felonies, but the ruse was unraveled by a typo, according to prosecutors. Nassau County District Attorney Madeline Singes announced Tuesday that prosecutors have charged the 25-year-old Robert Berger with felony charges of false instrument after he allegedly provided authorities with a fake death certificate to avoid being sentences in two unrelated felony cases. But authorities soon grew suspicious after they noticed the word registry had been misspelled on the death certificate and said registry. Typos and formatting errors gave up what the ledge was trying to do and forged a death certificate that the defendant used to avoid accountability for other crimes, Nassau County District Attorney Madeline Signes said in the statement. Submitting fake documents to prosecutors is always a bad idea. While he would have been caught regardless, failure to use spell check made this alleged fraud especially glaring. Berger had been awaiting sentencing after pleading guilty in December of 2018 of possession of stolen property in the fourth degree after he stole a Lexus. He also pled guilty in June 2019 for attempted grand larceny in the third degree after authorities said he tried to steal a pickup truck. Berger was slated to be sentenced for both offenses on October 22, 2019, but a representative from his former attorney's office notified the court that the defendant had died and requested the pending sentence be dismissed. Berger's former attorney, Mira Moas, presented the district attorney's office with a New Jersey death certificate about a week later, which claimed Berger had died of suicide by suffocation on September 21, 2019. Moza told the court, that the death certificate had been given to him by Berger's fiance. However, along with the misspelled word, the district attorney's office also noticed that the font type and size appeared to be different than the standard death certificates. After calling to verify that the certificate with New Jersey Department of Health vital statuses and registry, investigators confirmed that the certificate was indeed fraudulent. Moza later told the judge that he had done his own investigation and believed that Berger had used him as part of his conspiracy plan to try to perpetrate fraud on the court, prosecutors, and the firm, and himself, according to the prosecutors. He no longer represents his former client. Investigation learned that Berger had fled the state. He was later arrested on November 14, 2019, in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, on charges that he provided false identification to the law enforcement and was later extradited back to New York. Berger was arraigned on the charges of offering false instrument for filing on Tuesday and entered a plea of not guilty in the court. Bill in that case was set to $1, however, and Berger remains remanded on older cases. His next court appearance is scheduled for July 29th, prosecutor said. It never ceases to amaze me the lengths that some people will go to be, avoid being held accountable on criminal charges, Cygnus told the Associated Press. So that was kind of interesting. Well, that was just, you know, okay. I mean, spell check probably would have really helped in that situation, but forging 
the death certificate, and then trying to... People were going to investigate that. I mean, that kind of goes without saying, right? Yeah, you're right. I don't really understand how he thought he was going to get away with that, but okay, I guess that'll work in that regard. I wonder if that was before any COVID stuff started showing up or anything along those lines. Adi? And I do not know if they had that trial that date due to COVID or not, and I have not seen any updates. So if you do, email us. All right, so the next case. Man allegedly breaks into coronavirus shuttered restaurant, spends days eating food and drinking booze. Luis Ortiz is accused of consuming thousands of dollars worth of food and drink at New Haven, Connecticut eatery that's been closed because of COVID pandemic. A Connecticut man allegedly took advantage of the coronavirus-related restaurant closure, breaking into entry and turning it into his personal multi-day smorgasbord. New Haven police say Luis Ortiz, 42, spent four days gorging himself on the food and drink stored inside the closed Soldi Cuba Cafe, according to the local newspaper in the New Haven Register. The restaurant is closed due to ongoing COVID-19 pandemic that hit Connecticut and the rest of the country. Ortiz was found asleep in the restaurant by responding officers Tuesday morning after authorities received a call about a burglary in progress. Police Captain Anthony Duff told the register. Investigators reviewed security video footage, which confirmed the initial burglary occurred several days prior on Saturday when Ortiz made entry through a side window of the restaurant, Duff told the outlet. Officers learned Ortiz helped himself over the course of four days to the restaurant's food, liquor, and beer. In addition to eating and drinking at the restaurant, Ortiz removed beverages and property from the building. All told, Ortiz allegedly consumed 70 bottles of liquor and $1,000 worth of food and beverages inside the restaurant at the time of his arrest, authorities told Hartford Courant. It was not immediately clear that he had an attorney who could comment on his behalf. Ortiz was held in lieu of the $12,500 bail at the police department's detention center, then arraigned on Wednesday, Duff said. He had been charged with the burglary and larceny, both in the third degree, first degree criminal mischief, and second degree failure to appear. Lieutenant Zine Mayer, district manager for the downtown New Haven, told the register that the alleged break-in is not part of a larger trend and that the rate of burglaries in New Haven has not increased during the pandemic. The local police department has added additional overnight patrols in the area to dissuade potential burglaries, Mayer told the outlet. He also suggested that business owners without alarms to check in on their establishments every few days. So, I mean, all things considered, coronavirus 2020, this guy just took advantage of it. It was wrong because it was not his property, but it was kind of really funny in my opinion. I do not condone it. I don't recommend it, but I just find it comical. What are your thoughts, John John? Well, I would have to say that he must have lived like a king, a very drunk king, but a king for a while. 
And I feel like there is a story about a possum that broke into a donut shop and ate, I think, a couple dozen donuts and then just waited for police to arrive. And for some reason, that sounds like kind of what happened there. But still, like a thousand dollars in food. That's a lot. And 70 bottles of liquor. Also a lot. I am sur like surprised that he survived. That is crazy. And I am both a little jealous, admittedly, because he went to a restaurant during peak pandemic hours. And I really wanted to do that. And also very disappointed because that probably was extremely hard for that business because that was just bad. I mean, they were already having it pretty tough and then to have that happen probably was just icing on the cake for a bad time. All right. So the next one is called, We are delighted to offer you an interview. In 2016, bank employee Alberto Savendera Lopez from Arizona was suspected of stealing $5,000 from his workplace over the course of three months. He was reported to the authorities and promptly quit his job and moved to Phoenix. In 2018, despite being a fugitive, Alberto applied for a job as a dispatcher for a local police department. On seeing his application and making the connection, the police couldn't believe their luck and thought this was the easiest way to catch him was to offer him a job interview. When he arrived, suited up and ready to impress, he was arrested on the spot. Why? Why? Why did he apply? When he knew they were looking for him. Uh, okay. Uh, no, that's just straight stupid. Straight stupid. He's probably dressed up enough to go to his court day. Well, at least he's, oh, at least he's looking nice and with that. But still, uh, uh, another one. Another one that hurts my head. The next one is called Stranger Than Fiction. Christian Bela, a Polish author, wrote a crime novel in 2003, which quickly became a bestseller in Poland. It gripped the nation and received a lot of publicity. However, police found many of the details about the murder in the novel eerily familiar. The description of the murder was remarkably similar to what they knew about an unsolved case on their books, The Torture and Murder of Daru's Janiszewski. Janiszewski. I am so sorry I butchered that. Police decided to dig a bit deeper and discovered not only had Christian known the victim, he was the last person to see him alive and had actually sold Janoszewski's mobile phone. Christian was duly charged and received 25 years in prison. So that one was a thrilling tale in my opinion. <laughs> What are your thoughts, John John? Uh, I feel like this is a weird take on the show Murder, she wrote. Or that one, I think it was an Edgar Allan poem story where a guy was the writer and his stories were becoming reality. It's like somebody wanted that and made it happen, but in the opposite order, in a weird way. Maybe it was a movie just about Edgar Allan Poe. I feel like, I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong. But still, it is a weird concept. 
and definitely one that shouldn't have been done in reverse because it did lead the police straight to him. And also, if he was the last person to have seen this victim and sold their phone and all this stuff, how did he get away in the first place? I have... Oh... I, I feel like that might have been a problem with the detectives more than anything there. And he was just like, so here's the story of how I got away with murder type situation. I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. So weird. Do you have another one, Audie? The next one is called Go to Jail. Do not collect $999,524. In 2011, 53-year-old Michael Anthony Fuller from North Carolina, USA, walked into the Walmart store and bought a vacuum cleaner and a microwave for $476. So far, nothing wrong with that, right? Well, Michael attempted to pay for his purchases using a million-dollar note from the game Monopoly after demanding change of $999,524 from the cashier the police were promptly called and he was arrested. He was charged with attempting to obtain property by false pretenses with a bond of $97,500, which is a lot. <laughs> Monopoly money. I feel like there's been a couple of kids that tried that. Okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. And now we're on to Florida crimes. Woo! Florida cops taser naked burglar who pooped and masturbated when homeowner pulled a gun. Deputies in Fort Myers say that they tasered then arrested naked Florida man who broke into a home to steal a television, but then masturbated and defecated after the homeowner pulled a gun on him. Another Florida woman arrested for getting naked and touching herself in front of Florida traffic. John Colzos, a fake dentistry suspect, now accused of kissing patients' buttocks. A Florida man already accused of performing dentistry without a license now stands charged of kissing a woman's rear end while treating her toothache. Caught, man accused of stealing 166 steel manhole covers. When it comes to heavy metal, thieves aren't picky. Detectives busted Christopher Fink yesterday after naming him as a suspect who they say stole 166 steel manhole covers in Ponacocana, according to a news release from the Polk County Sheriff's Office. And those things are expensive. Raquel Gonzalez allegedly assaults boyfriend Eseric Davis for orgasming too quickly. But the cops came not a moment too soon. Pun, 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 pun. Rachel Gonzalez, 24, has been arrested for allegedly assaulting her boyfriend, 30-year-old Azrak Davis, when he had an orgasm and she did not, according to police report obtained by Smoking Gun. Man says cocaine in his buttocks is not his. In Manatee, Florida, a search of a 25-year-old man following a traffic stop Wednesday morning revealed one bag of marijuana and one bag of cocaine in driver's buttocks, according to the Manatee County Sheriff's Office. The driver said only the marijuana belonged to him, not the cocaine. 
Lawmakers for Donkey Sex Suspect Challenge Law's Constitutionality. Lawyers for Carlos R. Romero in October 24, 2012, have filed a motion arguing Florida's law against sexual activity with animals is unconstitutional. Romero is accused of a sexual act with a miniature donkey named Doodle. So sad and just weird. Someone stole my driveway. Someone stole an entire driveway in Florida. A grave crime had been committed, and of course, it happened in Florida. A woman named Michelle Wright returned home Tuesday night and found her driveway missing. Apparently, she pulled into her house and noticed that the whole thing was gone, and she felt a huge bump where her driveway should have been. Witnesses saw two men digging up 300 square feet of bricks while she was gone for the day, and thieves loaded the bricks up into a pickup truck, and this wasn't all suspicious because there were other workers building a barn on her property. Wright's driveway was taken, and yet her fine jewelry and the money she stores under the mattress were untouched. Florida, what are you? This is according to Oceala.com. Ashley Holton accused of masturbating on a Florida highway. Yet another one. Drivers pulled illegal U-turns just to catch a glimpse of Ashley Holton, witnesses said. The 35-year-old woman was arrested on May 26 for masturbating on Highway 484 in Osceola, Ocala, Florida. A witness told authorities that Holton had slowed traffic for more than 30 minutes before deputies arrived, the report said. The witness also said that cars were honking as they passed. 346-pound man punches Domino's pizza guy for forgetting his garlic knots, cops say. Remember those Domino's pizza ads in which they were all sorry about their shitty pizza and promised to make things better? Well, one Vero Beach man ain't buying it. According to a police report, Domino's pizza delivery man forgot to bring the 48-year-old 346-pound Robert Wheeler the garlic knots along with the pizza he ordered. So Wheeler responded exactly the way you think a 346-pound person would react to not getting his food, by allegedly punching the Domino's guy in the face. Man's gotta have his goddamn garlic knots. Again, this is an article by Chris Joseph from the Florida Derp. Vero Beach woman pulls a gun, poops in kitchen after finding hubby with another woman. A 33-year-old woman and her older boyfriend were sleeping in their Vero Beach bedroom about 2.30 a.m. when the boyfriend's wife stormed in with a rifle. The wife, identified as Brenda Schumann, 51, pointed the weapon at her 42-year-old husband and his younger girlfriend, threatening to kill them both, according to accounts given by Schumann's husband and his girlfriend. The husband got the gun away, but that didn't stop Schumann's apparent rampage. She urinated on the carpet outside the master bedroom, defecated on the kitchen floor, grabbed a second rifle, and started destroying Christmas decorations, amongst other things. I found him in bed with a naked chick. What was I supposed to do? Schumann is quoted telling the Indiana River County Police Department. Florida always has the most interesting crimes. Anyways, thoughts, John John? Florida has some problems. Apparently a lot of them are masturbating in public. And it's strange. 
So would you like to take us out and have this wonderful episode of Good Time Feelings come to a close? Yeah, I can definitely do that. If you guys have questions about our sponsors, want to look at pictures on our blog, or want to listen to episodes, you guys can do so at violentvice.com. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. If you guys want to contact us, we have Gmail, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email us at violentvice at gmail.com. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. If you want to make a once-off domain, at paypal you can do so using that same email address you can find us on facebook at violent vice podcast or use the handle at violent vice or instagram at violent vice podcast as well twitter is also at violent vice if you guys want to go above and beyond and support us like brianna does you can do so at patreon.com backslash violent vice that's www.patreon.com backslash v-i-l-e-a-n-d-v-i-c-e no ampersands here if you guys have any questions we love to hear from you if you guys want to know more about our sponsors reach out We'd love to talk about them. And yes, we got sponsors. I'm so excited. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.